It was an innocent bedtime question one night before going to bed, between asking for yet another glass of water and finishing that evening's chapter of Harry Potter, Joshua's daughter turned to her dad and asked, how does Jesus save us by dying on the cross? How would you answer that question? Assistant professor of theology ended up writing a book on the question. Josh McNall joins the Unconventional Ministry podcast to explain atonement theology in a way everyone can understand. So, Josh, it's great to have you on the Unconventional Ministry podcast, and this is really an interesting uh, episode with your daughter and devotion, so welcome. Well, thanks for having me, Dennis. I'm, I uh, appreciate you having me on. I was looking through your profile, and uh, you have a Ph.D. from the University of Manchester. You have a Master's in Theology from Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary, a Bachelor's in Pastoral Ministry from Oklahoma Wesleyan University. You've authored several books. You regularly blog. You have your own podcast called Outpost Theology, and uh, you've just published this book. You're well-equipped to answer your daughter's question. (laughs) Well, one of the things I talk about in the introduction is, you know, when she had asked that question, not too long before that, I had just published a really big academic book on the doctrine of atonement, which is, you know, the part of theology where we wrestle with the cross and how Jesus saves us. But despite that fact, I found that I was struggling a little bit to try to answer it in a way that a 10-year-old could understand. And I think that's in many ways the problem with the doctrine of atonement. For many Christians, it's just not something that they they talk about in church. They kind of reserve that for seminary or for academics. And I think we need, especially this season as we're heading into Good Friday and then we're in the season of Lent, we need a, a way of talking about the cross and salvation that anybody can understand, not just uh, professors with uh, elbow patches on their on their tweed blazers. Right. And Christ's death and resurrection is so foundational to our Christian faith. And you've already alluded to this, but do you find that many people in the church really don't understand the truth of what this is? I think that a lot of people, when they think about the cross, they have some vague sense of what's going on there. You know, they have a vague sense, well, that shows us how much God loves us, mm-hmm. that Christ was willing to die. And, and that's, of course, true. We say that Jesus died for our sins. And so that's, of course, true. But we, when we start to kind of think more deeply about how it works, that's where we run into some trouble. Um, and I talk about this even with my daughter Lucy. Is she, you know, she was very aware that death is not a good thing. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, she had just been to a funeral, uh, probably her first funeral um, for her uncle who passed away at a really young age, about the same age as Jesus. And I think that got her thinking. Well, wait a minute. Like, if death is such a bad thing, and especially a tragic death, you know, of somebody in their thirties. Why do we speak about the cross as a part of good news and a part of the way Jesus, you know, the way God saves us? And so that's a really obvious observation that death is bad and that, you know, somebody being wrongfully convicted and executed by the state, that's bad. So how does it connect to the good news? And and so I think a lot of Christians need to wrestle with that in a in a more profound way, and that's what this book is trying to do. Well, what are some common misconceptions that people have about this uh, atonement 
that you wrote about in the book. You've done a lot of research. Uh, help our podcast listeners understand maybe where they are, and maybe they don't realize where they are, like your daughter. She was doing some very profound, deep theological thinking in her mind, for a 10-year-old anyway, asked a very, very good question. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, to answer your question, one of the ways that we go wrong, and this is true for uh, for academics as well as just regular Christians, a lot of times we just kind of have one angle on the cross or one angle on how Jesus saves. And in many cases, that angle is connected to our understanding of what our problem is, you know, what the human predicament is apart from God. And so different traditions, maybe depending on where a person is raised, they're going to emphasize different aspects of our problem. And so the first chapter in the book, uh, you know, I draw on that really deeply theological movie, uh, Jaws, uh, where the the famous quote is, you're going to need a bigger boat you know, where the, they're sitting out there on the ocean and this, this big beast comes out of the water and that's the line that's, that's uttered. And, and so one of the things I argue in the book is that the cross tells all of us that we're going to need a bigger solution than we thought because the nature of God's solution is so catastrophic. I mean, having to send his son in the flesh, right? God doesn't just mm-hmm. sort of send a tweet he doesn't just utter a, a nice flippant, I forgive you. You know, the son of God comes in the flesh and dies and rises again. And so back to the question, I think you know, one of the ways we go wrong is we just emphasize one angle of salvation because we tend to emphasize just one angle of our human problem. And maybe that angle for some people is the devil and they focus on Satan. Maybe it's death, you know, the fact that we die and we leave loved ones behind. Maybe it's guilt based upon our sin. Maybe it's shame, uh, you know, but we we need a bigger um, view of our problem apart from God if we're going to see the gospel in all of its sweetness and all of its greatness in Jesus Christ. So interesting that people can look at the same thing in so many different ways and how a person's background and culture play into that without the individual really maybe realizing or knowing it. So what advice do you have for an individual, for our listeners, to look more broadly at this rather than just one aspect that they're presently using? Yeah, I think the advice I would have there is if if we can return to the Scriptures— with fresh eyes, we'll see different facets of salvation. It's sort of like the the cross and the resurrection and Christ himself is this, this beautiful diamond. And as we turn it, we see the light of God's grace shining out in different angles. And so my advice would be, regardless of what your tradition has been, if maybe you just only emphasized how Jesus saves us from hell or how Jesus triumphs over evil. My advice is that there's always more to salvation than we presently see. And so we need to open the scriptures afresh and to see different angles of God's grace, uh, other than the ones maybe that we've been accustomed to. And the good news is always better than our human ability to articulate it. I know before we started recording, we were talking about your book, and you've written your book not as a theological 
book, but as a book that anyone can pick up and read and understand atonement. Yeah, and really what we've tried to do with this book, Dennis, is not even just limit it to words on a page, uh, because I know you you talk about unconventional ministry, innovative ministry. I was just talking to my dad last night, and what we did with this book is we created an audio book that I read, you know, in my own voice. And a lot of people have been downloading that and listening to it in the car or on the drive. Uh, we created video, video discussion guides and, and discussion guides for small groups, because we realized that not everybody is, you know, for, for some people sitting down and reading a book is just not the easiest way that they learn. And we need to get the gospel. We need to get the doctrine of atonement out there in unconventional ways that connect with people where they are. And so the videos and the audiobook and the discussion guides for small groups are ways to try to make it a little bit more accessible for different audiences. Where can people find those resources, the audiobooks, the different chapters, purchase the book? Yeah, they're available, you know, wherever you download wherever you access your books. So they're all available on Amazon, which I know a lot of people use. They're all available from seedbed.com, which is one of the publishers and from Zondervan Reflective. Um, it's a dual imprint. So basically wherever you get your resources, whether that's Amazon or, or you can go to the publisher's website, seedbed.com. And the book is called How Jesus Saves and Josh McNall. So I encourage you to get there. One question, uh, how did you answer your 10-year-old daughter's question? I think our <laughs> podcast listeners would be interested. Uh, how uh, simple can you explain the profound truth? Well, the, what I say in the introduction is uh, not well, is how I answered it. Initially, I sort of stumbled around with some Sunday school answers, even though I had just written this big book on the doctrine of atonement, and that drove home the need for me to write this much shorter clearer book um, because some of the big theological terms that I was trotting out were not effective with with my 10-year-old. And, and to be frank, they're really not that helpful for many people uh, in the church. And so what the book does, it's not trying to be creative. Um, it's trying to lay out four classic historic angles or answers to the question, how Jesus saves. Uh, so I'm not inventing anything new. We're just going back to the Bible and going back to Christian tradition to excavate some of the the best answers for how Jesus saves. And we lay those out in four chapters. And you know, the first one is that Jesus saves us by being the new and the true Adam, by reliving the human story faithfully on our behalf. And so his life and not just his death, is a part of the doctrine of atonement. You know, Jesus succeeds where Adam, our our fallen forefather, failed. Um, and so I talk about what that means and how Jesus's life factors into atonement. I talk about Jesus as the one who is judged for our sins, who bears our sins on the cross, and how he's able to do that. That it's not just this terrible or abusive picture of, you know, a father punishing his innocent son. That's not what the Bible teaches, but but it does teach that Jesus bears the the covenantal curse for his people um, in our place. We talk about Jesus securing victory over death and over the devil. And then the last picture is how Jesus reveals God's 
transforming love in his life and in his death and in his sending of the Holy Spirit to to not just pardon us, but to transform us into new into new creations. So those are the four answers, the four images of atonement, but communed in, communicated in ways that hopefully anybody can understand and, and grasp. Very good. And I encourage our podcast listeners to pick up one of the books or listen to the audio recording of the book, uh, How Jesus Saves. And uh, if you have questions, I'm sure there's ways in the book that uh, you can contact Josh and um, ask your questions or make your comments. And Josh, you also uh, host a podcast, Outpost Theology. Sounds like an interesting um, podcast uh, in your work with theology and teaching theology. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that podcast. Yeah, well, kind of like the the title suggests, we want to locate the podcast at the frontier of theology, culture, and the church. And so we want to host conversations on theology, but not in a way that's just reserved for ivory tower academics. And so we deal with subjects um, that have to do with scripture, that have to do with Christian life today. Um, and, And so mostly talking to authors about their books, to professors, but not just in the area of theology, also in the area of culture and Bible and apologetics, things like that. And you're a writer, and you're regularly blogging on your blog site, uh, joshuamcnall.com. Uh, so you're you're a busy guy. Well, I've got four little kids, too, like I say in the intro, so uh, sometimes I don't get quite as much writing or blogging done. But uh, in this case, I was able to you know intersect the, the avenue of bedtime stories with my daughter with uh, writing projects, so that was good. Yes, and... Um... All your kids aren't asking those deep questions that challenge you to write books, or you'd really be busy writing books. But uh, I appreciate you coming on the Unconventional Ministry Podcast, and I encourage all of our uh, podcast listeners to uh, pick up one of those books. It's written for everybody to understand. It's not a theological book as such, even though it talks about theology, but it talks about something that we all need to fundamentally understand and live the reality of Yeah, I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. In our changing world, there are more ways than ever to do ministry. SAT7, as a broadcast media ministry, is changing how ministry is done. Through innovative approaches, collaborative efforts, broadcast satellite television, web streaming, and social media, SAT7 is making a difference. Visit SAT7 online today at sat7usa.org to learn ways you can be a part of this kingdom work. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please share it with your friends. If you know of an unconventional ministry approach, please introduce us. We'd like to have them on as guests. Thank you again for joining this episode of the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. Mm